goal chance for Conor McGrath. Bernie will surely give it in, Conor. What a goal! Mackie heading it towards the 21 metre line. Team Mackie chance. still going. Goal is out for Caps. Oh, what a goal! Thank of a better position or a better place to be in right now, anywhere in the world. It's time to take Sam to throne. If you look back in sporting history, you'll see that the whingers and the whiners are forgotten. The characters remembered briefly. But will stick in your mind at the champions who showed class. I want nothing to do with that, to be quite honest. You know, I think it's a disgrace. A little small change before the game, worth the street. Donovan Connor It's a All right, you're very welcome along to the first Friday GA podcast of the season. Adrian Barry here, Jer Gilroy over there. Good afternoon, Jer. How are you? Colin Parkinson over there. Colin, good afternoon to you. How are you? And Tommy Rooney. Hello. How are you, Tommy? Not heard from for the last sort of seven or eight months from a listener point of view. He's back been in a gym suit in dungeon somewhere. <laughs> I'm back now. Good man, no good man, <laughs> good stuff. We've bowed we to took a the ball out of his mouth. <laughs> popular demand over the last while. We've had two tweets over the last couple of weeks, lads, wondering where the Friday GA podcast was. I would have thought it was hundreds, no? <laughs> oh yeah, hundreds of texts, just a couple of tweets because people can obviously yeah, okay, back right. up that information. Can't lie about that. Um, so yeah, it's good to be back, and um, we will be with you every week, I think it's going to be every week, uh, for the next little while, the panel will probably take various different shapes over the next uh, little bit, but our games this weekend, to let you know about before we crack on into it, uh, will be Dublin-Longford is our main, uh, main game on Sunday afternoon, 4 o'clock start there, uh, Tomás Quinn is our main man on the sideline this weekend, we've given Willie the bump. Well, he's given us the bump, actually, in fairness. What are, you, what are you doing that you can't be bothered? Thanks for clarifying that. Yeah. I'm going to the Irish Open. All right. Oh, yeah. On Sunday. Yeah. yeah very good. Uh, thanks to Ladbrokes. <laughs> oh, no way. <laughs> Indian Ladbrokes. Uh, um, being well looked after and bringing the father up as well. Um, right. We're hoping for a few more birdies from Rory, so he'll be in contention. But I think he's pretty know. much out. What kind, of, what kind of tickets do you have? Um, it's, uh, Is there a bit of food bit and oh, yeah? on the 18th green? No way. Yeah. Oh, Jesus. Jesus. That's good. pretty impressive. No messing here. Yeah. Yeah. Be and the father's driving too. Ah, so I was just about to really ask. Yeah. Really <laughs> the key up. information. <laughs> Here, don't follow the signs. Whatever you do, don't follow the signs. Map it, don't follow the signs. Okay. Go the back roads. Otherwise, it's two and a half hours as opposed to an hour and 40. Okay. So Google oh. Maps isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Google Maps. Yeah. I've just okay. printed out my Google Maps and gone up this afternoon, so I should report back. Call if there's any. Nathan was wondering if I still have my um, media accreditation. Ah, that was for me. Oh yeah, I don't. It's well, it's at home if I do. Yeah. but it's probably in the bin. Right. Well, that is not the best place to have it. Or, and uh, it also oh, suggests that he hasn't managed to cobble it together for me yet. So it's, uh, well, it's perfectly legitimate where it should be, as opposed to me passing on this thing I'm not allowed to pass on. Oh yeah. Absolutely, it sure. could also be uh, around, around the neck of um, a doll at this point. So I don't know. <laughs> James Horn also and commentary duty for us, Crow Park on Sunday alongside Dave Owen Kelly will be taken in Dublin against Galway in the Leinster Senior Hurling Championship uh, quarterfinals. We'll get to that one in a little bit. There's Tipperary and Waterford, the uh, not so small matter of that in the uh, Munster football quarterfinal. Oshin will watch that one for us, and we haven't bothered uh, sending anybody to Fermanagh Antrim. Uh, Brewster Park also at four o'clock the Ulster football quarter final. Uh, you'd expect that will be one way traffic, although last year might suggest otherwise. Uh, but uh, we'll better get into it, lads. Dublin Longford is our game on Sunday. Has all the uh, sort of hallmarks of a mismatch about it. This one, Willie, you spoke to Jack Sheedy during the week. What hope are you giving Longford? None, absolutely none. The the spread is seventeen points. Yeah. Um, 
you know, and that's even money at 17. And I wouldn't be putting any money on Longford to beat that to beat that spread. 17 is a lot. So well, Dublin, 17 is a lot, but Dublin... Will Dub- they be bothered? Dublin have come from a 12-point uh, lot... Or, okay... Win? No, from a 10-point deficit against Cork, a, a Division 1 team, to win by something like... Seven, they've, 12, they've had, isn't it? They've had a 17-point turnaround against a Division 1 team. Dublin get four goals. That's 12. Yeah. You know... I definitely, I think Dublin will beat the 17. He seems pretty excited, uh, Jack Sheedy, about the prospect of playing Dublin and sort of insisting as well that the parking the bus is not going to be an option for them. They're going to continue to play yes. the Longford way. Which is important to point out when we come 17 to the as well. <laughs> yeah, okay. yeah. What's, your, what's, what's your take, Jeremy? I mean, because like, if we, if we collate all the information that we've had over the last while in terms of lesser teams playing better teams, then the best thing you can do is try and set, is try and set up in some sort of a defensive way. Uh, I think that that doesn't really apply to teams like Longford. <laughs> I think that there are teams who are so far off the map that like... Does it not apply more to teams like Longford? So what's the point? Thought? What is the point Well, because otherwise you're going to get... I mean, you know what's going to happen here. It's actually... This is possibly the most pointless fixture on the GA calendar that I can remember. Maybe maybe the New York trip every year, the, the junket for everybody, that's kind of pointless, but at least it's a bonding trip for the the Connacht teams but Longford have not got a hope I, don't, I wonder what the biggest spread in, over the last while this must be pretty close to it it's up there yeah like uh, so when Jack Sheedy was saying this game shouldn't be in Croke Park he was right and if this game was in Longford there would be a bit of interest there would be a bit of carnival instead there's nothing to it it's not even a proper run out for the Dublin footballers like no. they'd be much better playing a club side in Dublin they'd get as good a game probably I, like it's just a disaster yeah, it really is a pity that we, like games like this, Longford just have to look by it. But you should tune in; it's going to be brilliant. <laughs> yeah, but like Longford, they had eight debutants in the last game, um, and it was um, such an exciting thing for them to win a yeah, championship match. You know, and they're under twenty-one teams in the last two years. In two thousand thirteen, they bet Dublin. Two thousand fifteen, earlier this year, they ran them very close. Two thousand ten, they bet them in the minor. They didn't actually beat them in the minor, but got to the minor final. They won it, so they have had a coming team. But they really just have to look past this Dublin game because. They haven't got a chance. There's, so th- and there's that's, no chance. That's almost why, like, if, if their style is a defensive style, then by all means. But it, I, I don't know what their style is. If Jack, if Jack Sheedy says it's not, it's not. Well, it's flowing football by all accounts. But Colin Parkinson would make the point that uh, blanket defence is an easy thing to put together. So they've had, you know, maybe maybe this goes counter to what he was telling you during the week. But I mean, in terms of time, am I wrong to suggest that it would be an easy thing to turn around a blanket defence approach? I think if you're managing a team like Longford. You know, you're not going to expect any silverware. The most, the only thing you have is maybe your the supporters to come to see you playing league games, supporters to come to see you playing championship game is try and put on a performance against them. So, you know, you're not going to be successful. So why play a really, really defensive style of football mm. that's not going to? Well, just that know, it might mean that it's like a twelve point beating rather than a twenty five point beating. Yeah, but I wouldn't honestly see the difference in that. Like, uh, listen, if I was Jack Sheedy, I'd play a li- I'd play more defensively than he has been against Dublin, of course. Mm. But at the same time, you know, bringing everybody back, they're going to lose the game anyway, so they might as well go out and enjoy. Longford's ambition is to get a Wicklow or a Louth or a Tipperary, maybe who's probably that little bit ahead of them in the qualifiers and beat them at home. That's yeah. the the total of their ambition and yeah, if they've they, done well they beat Derry last year in the qualifiers Sherry. they've done well traditionally they beat Mayo, Mayo the year before James Horan took over Mayo they're yeah. all right in the qualifiers yeah okay like that was a 
that was the worst answer. result in the history of Mayo football. Yeah, true, and and in fairness, in they beat Derry twice now in yeah. in the qualifiers, and obviously there's a lot going on in Derry whenever they get out of Ulster. But that's like so if they lose this game four twenty five to two ten, they'll be delighted. Yeah, Tommy's right. They need to look past this. Mm. That's a disaster, isn't it? I mean, that is an absolute look, disaster. They can't they can't look at it as a disaster though because. The way the way Longford are now, they've lost Paul Barden, Sean McCormick isn't around at the minute. They have to bring through these young lads. The, the way I see them setting up through looking at the league, Longford play with their two midfielders and they've got two big men in the half forward line. They've got Frankie McGee centre forward and two small corner forwards. They, they're, they're not set up to have 13 men behind the ball. So there's no point doing that and still losing by 15 points. If they lose by 15 points, so be it, or 17 points, so be it. But it's about kind of building progress and maybe in two years down the line they can maybe beat Mead in a Leicester quarter-final or beat Calair in a Leicester quarter-final and push mm. on. Steady on. <laughs> there's just, I, I, it's just, uh, and it sort of taps back into that point, I mean, there's no benefit yeah. whatsoever it's just to another point this I, game. I, sorry, I was talking to Jack Sheedy obviously tonight and I asked him a question that some people might say it was a stupid question. I said, what's a good result for Longford? And it's always the psychology of Longford coming into the game. Jack Sheedy says, oh, a win. Now, he said, a one-point win a and one he gave you a scoreline. Now, yeah. you know, I'd love to know what Jack is saying in the dressing room because let's not be stupid here. Longford are just not going to win this game. So is the message, are you going to go be away with the fairies and say, come on, lads, we can do this? Are you going to say, lads, go out, you know, do your best? And you know, Does he not kind of have to tell them that they're going to... It's they... hard to know. I've played games with Leash and I remember lads coming up to me before the game. Woolly, will I put a few quid on you? I said, yes, we're flying it. No problem. <laughs> and like we'd be beaten by 10 points. Like, you know, but I had to believe that we'd yeah, win even yeah. though we didn't win. But like, it's still a weird thing. This is still Dublin with a 17 point spread. I don't think even I could have tricked myself into thinking I, we were going to win, you know, yeah. with a situation like that. Yeah. Yeah, it's an interesting one. I presume from Jack Sheedy's point of view, he's got to go in there and say, look at lads, we're going to give this our best shot. Maybe he's not suggesting they're going to win, but surely they got to be, that long for team have got to be highly motivated just to stick with Dublin. Yeah, maybe I've come around to the idea you put 15 men behind the ball and get beaten 10-3. And they're like, well, we've done that now and it's an experiment for us. And we've, you know, we were physically, we imposed ourselves a bit and we got in a few rows and we got in their faces and we trash-talked the shit out of them. Mm. I don't know. I definitely think you have to get in their faces. I definitely mm. think you have to rattle them. You have to try and get under Connolly's skin. You have to get men behind the ball. Dublin don't like playing against it. Now, I cannot promote bringing everybody behind the ball because they absolutely hate it Jerry, you, me and you uh, differ on this but you can still bring back I often think this I saw Cavan last week Cavan played really well I really liked their style of football I really liked their, their setup. maybe not their style of football but their setup was really good and you could see Liam McHale's influence on it they keep, kept four forwards up at all times right This Cavan wouldn't usually have played like that they would have brought a lot more back not a lot more Cavan still had two midfielders dropping back and two wing forwards. They had four extra defenders along with the six they already had. They had 10 mm. men back inside 45. When they won the ball back, they had four forwards. That A kick pass was on. There was somebody there. And there was a perf- nice structure on the game. You can still be defensive. Yeah, but that's two teams that are relatively evenly matched rather than this weekend. Yeah, but what I'm saying to you is that Longford can still bring back four extra bodies. They can have 10 bodies inside the 45. They can get in their faces. They can put in a few hits. They can swarm a man uh, with a good committed effort, but still not lose their attacking, you know. Are Longford as good as Jason Ryan's Wexford were, who obviously managed to spook Dublin twice? They got hammered by them a couple of times as well, but they did spook them a couple of times. Yeah. Outside of that mistake from Masterson, Wexford could have beaten Dublin, but I don't know how they did this. 
it wasn't from anything tactically. They just went out and played Dublin. I think complacency went into Dublin's display. Uh, Wexford obviously had some excellent forwards, but Dublin never clicked any time. And of those. it was pre-Jim Gavin Dublin. Yeah, and what's more as well, oh, Jared, the last one was, was pre, I think it was pre. Dublin have absolutely annihilated Wexford as well by maybe twenty-two points. I think that was in a Leinster final. Yeah, but least, it was usually first rounds. At least last year they ran Dublin close. They for forty-five minutes on the kick-out strategy. They had a really good strategy. They they put Dublin under huge pressure. Is that Longford team far off where Leash were last year? I think they are. I think Leash would be. I think Leash would be a well, like there are two divisions ahead mm. of them last mm. year. You know, I think the Leash would have more quality than Longford. But like you're right though, if Longford do their homework and have an incredibly committed performance and drop ten men back inside the forty five, they can easily keep this inside the spread. And the trouble is that this is so meaningless is that we won't learn a single thing about Dublin. We won't even no. learn who he wants to pick in his first team yeah. for the big games because like. He's, he he might be teaching somebody a lesson because they haven't been going well in training. He might be keeping people in reserve. Like, does he start Alan Brogan? He probably does to get him game time. You'd imagine it's a great game for him to to play in, you know. But does he see Alan as a starter? Does he see the one one thing against Alan starting is that Kieran Kilkenny's played really well the last two or three league games. He looks to be back in form. I think Jim Gavin's looking at Alan as an inside forward this year. All right. So you know O'Gara's gone. Um, you could see a full forward line maybe of the two Brogans and Kev McManaman for example you know complete change of style really isn't it well it is like you know it, Alan did start out as a corner forward he's well capable of playing there you know so I think a lot of teams now are playing two and a half forward line two and a full forward line and everybody you know? else yeah defending. and other lads defending I, I personally if I was managing a team that's the way I would set up Tommy you've been looking at uh, you've a nice piece of uh, work on Newstalk.com if everybody wants to check it out you've been looking at some of the young Longford players as well who should we I mean outside of them uh, as the lads have been saying getting an absolute hockey in at the weekend who should we keep an eye out for um, the young Longford players coming through I don't know who he's going to start this weekend but Desi Reynolds came off the bench kicked two brilliant points for Longford last weekend um, Rory Connor started corner forward he's very highly rated in DCU he's on their Sigerson team it's, it's hard to read into it um, their goalkeeper Paddy Collum Jack Sheedy mentioned him during the week he's been working under um, he was behind Damien Sheridan for the last couple of years and he made a great save in the last couple of minutes against Offaly so he's going to be under a lot of pressure but it's just it's a great experience for them obviously playing this Dublin team and they won't be afraid of Dublin because I mentioned earlier that they've, they've beaten them underage and they put it up to them but they'll be afraid of them well this Dublin is a completely different Dublin like it's it's a different story when you're playing Paul Flynn and Dear McConnelly so yeah, we were given experience. a license to attack. Like the Dublin team yeah. that Jason Ryan's Wexford were that was a defensive Dublin team who didn't give a shit that they were winning by two points that's what they wanted because they knew that dirt down the line they were going to need to put in defensive performances against Kerry and against Mayo and against Cork and so they were able to do that whereas this team likes to squat you in the first five minutes yeah. Yeah. and that's I think what's going to happen Give me a flea in my ear there Jared. thanks very much for uh, thumping the table that's uh, most generous of you Jim Gavin has obviously signed on for another 12 months as well uh, It's actually two years now I was reading so, yeah. but was it, Oh it's two years? Yeah 2017 oh, right. 2017 it was How does everybody report? feel about this? Everybody sort of very highly excited by the idea of Jim Gavin yeah, his, his teams are brilliant. His teams are brilliant. His, his teams, teams are amazing. They're like one of the most innovative, good to watch football teams. Think of the difference between this Dublin team and the other Dublin teams the last two. And it means that now Kerry and Mayo and everybody else has a rival worthy of the name. I'm delighted. Interview opportunities won't be great. <laughs> that was what I was getting at. <laughs> yeah, that's what I was well, it's not all about you guys. <laughs> really? Good um, for the football. And just a clever thing to do as well, because otherwise we all spend the rest of the year thinking, oh, this is Jim Gavin's last, uh, he's running to the end of his deal here, and then that becomes the narrative, as it were, yeah. uh, towards the latter end. So just a 
it's good as a football fan I'm glad to see Jim Gavin still there he's got this commitment to attacking principles which a lot of managers don't have they're yeah. like I just want to win games screw mm-hmm. that I see Kieran Whelan in the Hurl today is saying that a 10 point win for Dublin would be a good result for Longford by the sounds of things you're suggesting that would be an amazing result if Longford got out of their 10 points losing there's something they could build on there's no doubt about that worse team but much better teams than Longford have been beaten by look at Derry mm. you look at Cork you, like you look at any team in Leinster really you know Leash were beaten by 12 points last year after a brilliant performance Tommy like you were saying for maybe, 45 minutes yeah. maybe yeah. do just then, blow just you away maybe do what the maybe learn what Derry learned and just put everybody behind the ball and you go right just gonna, you're going to beat us 210 to 5 points and we'll be happy with that as opposed, like I don't know is a 426 to 3 points if, is one of those defeats that ruin the entire season or do they just go right lads we'll go out and have a few drinks tonight we'll forget about that and we'll go on into the qualifiers it's hard not to let that kind of a beating ruin the season I don't know what doing what Derry did will work for Longford if Jack Shitty hasn't been doing it all year like then, then if, they do, like if they do it against Dublin and they still lose by 20 points and then they completely change again for a qualifier well then you just Wicklow. go back you revert to type for the revert. qualifier okay. against Wicklow or whoever I'm pretty strong on the fact that I don't see how in this day and age a team can't play in two different Yes. Yeah, because yeah, yeah. so, like, I, I don't yeah. think blanket defences are hard to coach. Yeah. Genuinely, well, don't. I think that's an interesting point. No, he's he's suggesting that they won't play that, but it is yeah. in terms of the turnaround, they can totally put that in place. The he, could also be, he could also be lying to us. Yeah, yeah. Lying. But the, the transition from defence to attack is hard to coach, but the actual getting bodies back and commit commitment and t- get a tackling, get a hand in, don't foul, keeping the score down isn't hard. Mm. It's what to do when you win the ball back. That needs a bit of coaching on the field. You showed that very well. Back in the spring, I remember watching on the Santa show. Super show. Derry. You don't, you Super don't show. have to lick his holes. No, 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 holes, holes I remember thinking about how Derry, had, Derry were trying to break down a blanket defence and they were so poor the way to transition from defence to attack. It's just an important thing. Taking ages over it. Yeah, they were passing sideways and men weren't running off the shoulder. I actually genuinely think that if when you're playing against a blanket defence, right, and you win the ball back, in training, the manager should basically have a minute on the clock and if you haven't counterattacked and finished the move, maybe maybe a minute's too long, forty seconds, something like right, turnover, bang, you forty seconds. Because mm. the minute you try to the counterattack, right, and you do, you're not you're not committed, like it gets to the corner forward. Instead of going at his man, he turns back and comes back out and recycles it. All the defence have gotten back by then, there so you've missed your opportunity. Nine seconds last year between Neil Gallagher's turnover mm. and Colin McFadden's. Are yeah, Donegal the best proponents of it in the country? Yeah. Dublin maybe aside. Yeah, we well, have showed, to. Donegal showed last year that they yeah. are they are the best at that. If your if your initial counter attack doesn't get a score, by the time you recycle it, it's too late. You know it has to be done within that 20, 30, 40 seconds of the, when you break. Yeah, I, and by all means, uh, instigate the rule, but also then just have a plan B where you, you throw it to someone who's going to have a shot and you go, right, that's grand, we're having a shot. And as soon as that shot's in the air, everybody turns back and starts defending and preparing for the kick out. That's the only way to do it. Uh, I should mention as well that we've, uh, the podcast was so successful last season, we've attracted a sponsor uh, for this season's GA podcast. It was thanks to GA Go, uh, the official home for live and on-demand GA match streaming worldwide. So just in case you're uh, tipping off, you're going foreign at the weekend, Colm, you might be looking to uh, tap right, into. I think, <laughs> I think they have it up north. Yeah, yeah it's a joke, that's a joke. Um, right, some of the other games, uh, I don't know if anybody has any thoughts on Tipperary Waterford particularly. That'll be... Tipperary going to win? You'd imagine so. Yeah. They have to win. Yeah. If they, if all the stuff they've been building over mm. the last couple of years, they look, they're, they're going to win, it doesn't matter. Yeah, like they've, they've got some lovely footballers in Tipperary, so 
we'd love to see them on a bigger stage soon enough. Colin O'Reardon and Stephen O'Brien are super footballers. And Fermanagh Antrim, Fermanagh beaten by Antrim last year, uh, but in a better place maybe this year. Pete McGrath's second year in charge. Seems to they got promoted, I think, to Division 2 this year. Had so. a very good league, yeah. Beaten yeah. by Armagh in the final. Uh, Armagh kind of was convincing in the end, but they, they finished level on points with Armagh um, and drew with them in the group stage. So Fermanagh mm. are doing well under, under Pete McGrath. You'd have to fancy a Fermanagh win, but, you know, if it's a bad day and a dogged... Ulster Championship match mm. you know I wouldn't be as sure as for, of mm. Fermanagh as I would of Tipperary I was watching a clip with him earlier on and he was saying that when he was there last year he didn't he was clearly trying to get to grips with who his players were I think like actually who they were I think he spent a lot of the year trying to figure out who was who which kind of struck me as maybe not the most amazing uh, preparation for the championship three of them walked out at the start of the championship last year and two or three of them were kicked off the panel three of their best players were kicked off the panel I think there were three brothers weren't the Quigleys they? yeah they're back and, uh, one one is that Sean is definitely back. I don't know about Seamus. I, I I have endless time for Pete McGrath. I think he's a bit of a one of those kind of geniuses who just has dedicated his entire life to football and for man are gonna I think reap some rewards and, and cause some trouble for people in the championship this year. Did you see um Pete McGrath nearly got the Dublin job back in two thousand and four? He was talking about it earlier today that John Costello had approached him tentatively, but because of his um, he was living too far away. That was Tommy. Yeah. Was that Tommy Lyons? It was uh, Tommy Lyons. Post Tommy. No, yeah. yeah. And there was more than just Pete McGrath approached for that job. There was another high-profile manager who, who never talked about it except <laughs> told everybody <laughs> who, who loved who, driving. Who might, have who might have abandoned the county he was with and used a, a, a strange excuse for leaving the county he was with, but then it didn't work out and then came back to the county he was with. <laughs> It wouldn't, in fairness, it wouldn't be GA chat with Woolley unless that particular man's name came up at some point or other. Dublin and Galway in the hurling is the curtain raiser at uh, Croke Park on Sunday. Owen Kelly is going to be watching this one for us. And Woolley, we saw the uh, Dublin team were probably one of the stories really of the league this season. Real Jekyll and Hyde performances. Uh, Cunningham trying to yeah probably use a lot of square pegs and round holes, and a lot of them actually seem to fit for him. They all fit. They all fit at the start, because um, they beat Tipperary and Kilkenny, and yeah. everything looked rosy. And everyone, like, remember us doing the stand show? We're saying this Jerry is an absolute genius. He's converted Rush into a full forward, Kelly into a centre back, Keeney into a wing mm. back, Sutcliffe into a midfielder. Not that that's a big thing. He brought in Dylan out of the cold, who never really featured as a centre forward, a direct runner. He put Carton at full back. It was almost like this fella is an absolute genius. Now the only two switches that have kept are Rush at full forward and Keeney at wing back. Mm. Everything else has gone back. Kelly's back full forward. Suckless kind of back into forwards. Or Kelly's back full back. And you know... Well hang Dylan's, on now. They've, they're named there. The team. Yeah okay. They've been named there. So yeah, but no. For their last league game as well, Jarrah checked it. Yeah. But he has know. he has options now in a way that even yeah. with the same personnel you can change game, game style. Like I think... That's the thing, isn't it, that you get from the league. You you go switch and you make a switch and you're not doing it for the very first time. So if they need a different type of target man in the full forward line and they decide they want to go with Rush in there, they go, right, you're doing this. And he has yeah. some experience of it at least. I think Rush will play in there. I think he's persisted with persisted with that. I think Kelly at centre back I thought really worked really well and he's gone back in he's gone back in full back. I think Dublin will win this game. I think they're too good for Galway. Mm. Galway's last day out was an awful I watched the game against Waterford they were shocking I'd tear my hair out if it was a Galway supporter I really really would imagine how Joe Canning feels imagine how Joe Canning feels like, and look looking at around Ma- going look at I Waterford. was 16 and I was I was going to be and you all knew I was going to be this good yeah. and you've done nothing but look at Waterford Ger, like you know I, it has to be manager's fault in Galway as well or it's their psyche or something like if if McGrath down in Waterford's able to get a young team together that 
Only, we're only talking about one minor All-Ireland and they've been mm. competitive at under-21 level. Not as impressive as Galway at under-21 level. Get a manager in there that can bring these young lads together. His background, obviously, is with the school yeah. where he cut, his, he cut his teeth and learned a lot of little tactical innovations uh, with the school team and then won the faith of those players and carried that through. Management in Galway is always like you're coming in and you've got your everybody says, oh, you work with that club and I don't trust you because, yeah. you know... Uh, the, the, the club scene being the ruination of them. Ultimately, right? Yeah, like and they tear lumps out of each other. Well, it, it's fine. Matches. It's fine that they tear lumps out of each other. That's absolutely fine. It's just that for whatever reason they can't park that at the door because the Dublin Football Championship they tear lumps out of each other. Yeah. Like Ballymun and Vincent's sworn enemies, two of the best players in the Dublin and Ballymun team are the Ballymun and Vincent's team constantly getting sent off at club games for punching yeah. the heads <laughs> off each other, and they'll pass the ball happily to each other, and you know. Yeah. There's something, there's something strange. But you even look at Ireland, the way they came together. Munster and Leinster had a clear out meeting, and that's all put mm. aside for. They the, need to get Rob Carney in, is what you're saying. They need to get have mediation. Yeah, uh, but <laughs> to do if it is the clubs, but we don't know if it's the clubs. We, a lot of time, is there a disconnect between minor and under twenty one, or when to finish at under twenty one, or like, uh, do they get big heads? There's yes. a bit of the Arsenal's there about is them that. as well. There is totally that, and it's, it comes too easy because you know, they don't have to. Call it championship. Exactly. Yeah, you, know. you know, they go through three or four games. So you're a minor all Ireland champion. You say, I didn't even have to try too hard mm. to win yeah. this. But yeah. it's like one year on, one year off with them, isn't it? It's like they need that sort of kick in the hole. Every well, when, when was the last year on? Like it's it's three years. Yeah. That's the you know. Best of a gap year. Yeah, and but you're even last year. They could have knocked Tipperary out. Naaman O'Shea yeah. would have been like yeah, would have yeah. been yeah. fired that Kenny. night and run out of Tipperary. You know, that was a fluke. Well, they were nine points down. True. Okay, give you that. I I'll think it was that. a fluke, and they yeah. didn't really, they didn't weren't even competitive in the but replay. Those erratic performances show that there is something wrong culturally. Well, they have the they have the ability. They just can't finish a game out like against Tipperary, or they're 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 coming back against Kilkenny, but they're they're just not the finished article and. There's something not right in Galway, but we'll see on Sunday. Like I, I don't think we will see on Sunday. Even if they win, I don't. Until they win in All Ireland, until there is somebody singing the West Awake on the steps of the Hogan Stand, not going to not going to believe it's hard them. Hard to see that group win in All Ireland. I have to say, it's um... probably is. Although there's a lot of teams at a similar level now. You know, I think Kenny might come back a little bit. But I, Galway hurler, Galway hurling is the hardest managing manager's job between Gaelic football and hurling. But he seems mad to do it <laughs> because there was like strong suggestions obviously that Daly was coming in there at the end of last year. And oh, then wouldn't it be great to see Daly there? Although Lachnan couldn't do anything with them. Well, I think I think Daly is almost the ideal fit. I mean, if it's a mentality thing, if it's somebody that you're looking to, like that Rob Carney thing that we joked about, but yeah. you're looking for somebody to sort of unite them, it, probably nobody better in the country. Oh, really. I'd love it. I'd love to see Daly with them. I think that Galway needs someone from inside who can unify from within. Like... That's what they need. That's what they won all Ireland with in the past when Cyril Farrell managed to get everybody together. And I think that there's a unique culture. I don't know. I just think that until if they if they perpetually search outside instead of actually having a bit of honesty themselves and mm. saying, this is our problem, this is what we need to do, this is what we need to fix. I think that that's what they... And someone who knows the club scene has been at every club game, at every minor club game for the last five years who sees a guy who maybe isn't on the panel. The only thing there is, Gerardo, they could have, you know built up grudges over years too it's hard yeah. to have objectivity mm. when you're when you're in that if it's as bad as what we're you know kind yeah. of thinking now yeah. so they, I don't think there's anyone better than Dalo to come in you know put all that to one side and say you're either with me or against me mm. someone as respected as him I think is the only one I think one it's only a matter of time isn't it we'll probably do it next year I mean Cunningham wraps up and that's it yeah where is Dalo based is he back Limerick, yeah, he's, yeah he's coaching at the Limerick Academy or whatever yeah that, that's a full time job yeah. that's a job it's like a you know, 
don't know if he give he's that up, up to... He's up to Paul, is he? Would he need to give it up? Uh, he's with the Limerick Miners. Probably not. Probably development not. Development squads before the Miners. Uh, it's a bit of both, I think. Okay. But, probably um, couldn't do Limerick Miners and Galway Seniors. No, no probably about no. it. He couldn't. <laughs> uh, Anthony uh, Cunningham this week, by the way, listen to him sort of... Uh, definitely stirring it up a bit. Uh, we definitely have a score to schedule, settle with Dublin for two years ago, to be sure. Uh, we desperately want to win this match. I think it's of huge significance, and I think it's an even bigger match than the uh, Munster first-round game, the Limerick Clare game last weekend. It's exactly, maybe, those sort of words, like from Jerry Cunningham, from Anthony Cunningham, that they, that they really need. I think it is a, as equally as big a game. Dublin hammered Limerick in the league quarter-final. You know, Clare didn't have a good league. On form, Dublin and Galway... I would put money on to beat Limerick and Clare. Now, they're not in the magical Munster Championship, but like this is a huge game of hurling. There's no doubt about that. Mm. They're, they're between two teams who are certainly in the shake-up, you know, to be at a, in an All-Ireland final. Mm, the All-Ireland semi-final. Yeah, okay. And It's Tipperary plus one in the All-Ireland final this year. Yeah. Galway, I, Dublin to get it done for me. Galway have no Conor Cooney. The three Burks are out, so I think they'll struggle up front. Dublin to get it done, lads. I wouldn't be back in either too no. strong to be honest well, you've got to give some commitment lads come on I'll go Dublin, I'll go Dublin. Come on, Willie. I'm putting no money on this I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to enjoying come a nice, on, Tommy. A nice filthy Galway. game I'm going to set my tone for the summer and uh, I think there's going to be sending off in the first 25 minutes Ooh, Ryan oh, Dwyer is playing <laughs> <laughs> All right, we'll have a special Saturday panel tomorrow as well on the show. That's on Saturday from our launch uh, this week. You enjoyed your tour on the uh, higher uh, planes of Croke Park this week, Colin. You enjoyed walking around the skyline? Yeah, well, <laughs> not enjoyed. Really. It was all right. Yeah, uh, You looked well in the papers as well. I thought it looked great in the yeah. papers. That one, that sort of cringy one with the 2E kind of yeah, jostling well, for position. Well, look, we were all uncomfortable doing that, but I was wearing my trusty blue shirt that I only seem to have one shirt, <laughs> just that one blue one. Any media, any media thing I've done for the last two years. Buttoned up to the top. Shirt. One shirt, one Classy. suit. Uh, one shirt, no suit. <laughs> James Horn, Marty Clark and Shane Walsh will join us for that set on the programme tomorrow. And as mentioned, the uh, Friday GA podcast brought to you by GA Go, the official home for live and on-demand GA match streaming worldwide lads it's the first of many thanks a million you're welcome cheers